Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. You're invited to this table with others on the same journey to becoming a great coach with a strong foundation, no matter what type of coaching you're called to. I've lived a lot of my life full of doubt and confusion about my purpose. I didn't know if my broken and messy story could be used by God, but I did know I wanted to find a way to serve Him and others while making money. In fact, I had no idea what life coaching even was, and I just thought it sounded kind of silly. But as I pressed into what God was calling me to, He was faithful to make the path clear to me, and now I love my life as a coach. In this podcast, you'll learn more about your calling as a coach, whether you've been doing it for a bit or just starting to think about it. You'll hear experts and coaching examples and learn new strategies and tools and so much more. I'm Laura Malone, and I'm honored to guide you in your coach calling, and together, we can pursue wholeheartedness for both you and your clients with the help of Holy Spirit. So get ready to become the hero in your own story and an amazing guide to others. Hello, my friend. I hope that the sun is shining where you are today. It is finally shining. It is not going to rain today. I don't think it got down to 30 last night. And since it's almost the middle of April, I just believe that the sun should be shining and we should never be back to 30 degrees, but I don't know what's going on around here. I hope it's sunny where you are today. I hope that you have a beautiful spring day and week and you enjoy it to the greatest because you know how it goes with spring. It's here and then suddenly it's summer and we're all complaining again. So I wanted to talk to you today about something called uh, mirroring. Maybe you are familiar with this term, maybe not. But I was talking to the Lord yesterday while I was in this new place, and I was just wondering, like, why don't I feel connected or interested here? And he just showed me that I was, I was truly just looking for myself while I was there. I was hoping to find myself reflected in that place. And it was, I mean, he got straight to the heart of it. It was so true, which is interesting because I'm, I'm usually the kind of person who wonders, how can I meet others where they are? But in this moment and in this place, I had only thoughts of, is there somebody here who's going to meet me where I'm at? I sat with the Lord and it, well, he and I started talking about mirroring because I'm familiar with that. I understood that that's what I was trying to look for. I was looking to find myself reflected in that place. And because I was so not reflected, I did not feel reflected. I didn't feel mirrored. I didn't see anybody like me. And I don't just mean looking like me. It's seeing people who reflect my energy and my interest and things like that. So I was looking for it. And because I wasn't finding it, I felt completely disconnected and disinterested in what was going on around me. And because it was so interesting to me, I really gave it a lot of focus and spent a lot of time talking to Lord about it because I was wondering what's going on here. And I felt like he was sharing something with me that was not just personal, but also something to share with you because he said to me, the only true mirror that will always help and never harm is his word. And Jesus is the word. Uh, like talks about in John 1. So I spent the rest of my time considering, okay, how do I renew my mind and 
change my paradigm and therefore my needs to live from the truth that his word is my true mirror and that all other mirrors are shadowy and dark at best, foggy, but broken in most cases. So when we read something, we read because we want to see part of us in what we read to some degree. And when we listen to something, we want we listen because we want to get something out of it that connects to what's already inside of us. So mirroring is a desire within us, human nature wise, you know, because it connects, it causes connections. The brain sees something outside of us that's already inside of us and believes there's a connection between the two, whether there really is a connection or not externally. And the fact internally is that once the brain decides there's a connection, there truly is one. So mirroring is really valuable in relationships, not to mention client relationships. So I want to share with you some ways that you can pursue connection and understanding with your clients. They're really simple and easy to do once you're aware of them. And I encourage you to practice this outside of your coaching because it's going to make it more second nature for you and help you operate without thinking about doing these things while even on Zoom. these All of these things apply, whether you're coaching people that are across the table from you or on Zoom, and even if you're just on a phone call and there's no visible um, connection between the two of you. So mirroring helps to build connection and understanding. It helps to validate people and helps them know that you're interested. It shows that you're present and you're paying attention and it helps you to gain a right to speak into their lives. When you have no connection with, think about it for yourself. When somebody gives you feedback, whether it's constructive criticism or it is wonderful feedback and it feels really good, no matter what, if that person has no connection to you, then how much do you feel like they really have a right to speak into your life? It goes this way too. Mirroring is a way to create a a connection inside of a relationship so that people are more quickly connected to you and believe that you have permission to speak into their lives. And as their coach, um, this is really important. So Let's get into this. There are three areas of mirroring I want you to focus on. The first one is just your presence. This looks like matching your posture and your physical body to theirs. Okay, so that means if they're if they lean back, then you lean back. If they sit forward, you sit forward. If they get comfortable, you go ahead and take the same stance and maybe they're crossing their legs. You don't have to cross their legs to exactly mirror them, but you can cross your legs. This is obviously if you're face to face, this matters more. If they talk with their hands, go ahead and talk with your hands a little bit. Even if it's not natural to you, you can just put your hand up here and there. I talk with my hands right now. I'm talking, nobody's looking at me. I'm talking to you over a microphone. And I'm still talking with my hands. I try to not talk with my hands so much when people in front of me are not talking with their hands. If I'm, if it's important to me, then I'm mirroring. Okay. 
So just basically matching and mirroring their posture and physical expressions or mannerisms and body language, okay? Number two is speech. So that would look like speaking at the same speed as they do, okay? That means if they're talking really, really fast, you can you can talk a little bit faster. You don't have to match them, but also you can help. That's it's something that you can help bring them down if they're talking very quickly or very excitedly with a lot of emotion. You can meet them there and actually help bring that down to an equal equalized level by meeting them closer to where they're at and bringing your own down. So you're you're basically trying to de-escalate if they are really upset, if they're very highly emotional, you can help meet them where they're at. You can help bring them back and de-escalate that by meeting them where they're at first and slowly without their absolute recognition, generally, once you learn how to do this, you can help bring yourself down and they'll meet you. And you bring it down a little bit more and they come down with you until you are at a more equal speech and speaking tone and speed. Okay. So sometimes I talk faster than other people. Being aware of that is really helpful because then if you know that you talk too quickly for some people, then you can know how to, you can start practicing um, slowing down a little bit. It has a lot to do with the energy. I, For me, I am very highly energized by being around people. So I'm at home a lot with my husband and my children. So I might talk more regulated and even slower sometimes especially if I'm thinking through processes like I often do while I'm podcasting, I'm considering what I'm going to say next if I want to share something. So I'll slow down a little bit because I'm thinking and kind of preparing ahead what I'm going to say. But if I was surrounded by a lot of people, I talk a lot faster because I pick up on the energy in the room of other people and I start, it energizes me and starts, I start talking faster and I have to learn how to regulate that. So if I'm meeting somebody, a client in a physical space, say at a coffee shop and that coffee shop has a lot of people in it, I have to moderate myself. I have to be really mindful that I am talking faster, more likely because of the energy that I'm experiencing in the room. So if my, if my client is a slower speaker, or even just regulated and um, kind of a balanced speech tempo speaker, then I'm, I want to meet that. I have to be aware of my own energy and where I am on a normal basis. That comes to all of this, being aware of your own body language and speech, the speed at which you talk, all of those things. Being aware of yourself first is how you learn where to moderate and then practicing this outside of coaching is really important so just try it with relationships that you have so that again it can help you be more second nature about it so when you speak at a different pace there's um this creates a disconnection 
as opposed to connection. So my dad speaks really slowly. And so in order to stay connected in a conversation with him, I bring it down and I don't talk quickly while I'm on the phone. I don't even talk at a balanced tempo. I really slow down. (laughs) So (laughs) I've learned to do that because I want to connect and with my dad and in a conversation, it's an important place to meet people at. So you also can learn to speak as loudly or as softly as they do because matching your volume, again, like I said, it can help bring them back to a balanced volume. Um, just the same thing as the speed, the way that they're talking. If they are talking really softly, then you can meet them where they're at and, and gradually increase your volume to help bring them back to a place of speaking at a, in a, um, a level of volume that is e- easily heard by you especially if you're, you know, maybe on a Zoom call with a client and you're recording it so you can come back and and listen to it and make notes and um, refresh your memory as you're creating homework or, you know, notes for them. You want them to be able to be heard and you can actually help do that. It's the same thing as uh, meeting them when they're speaking very loudly and helping to de-escalate that and bring everybody back to neutral. Uh, so a lot of quiet or shy people, they begin to, you know, speak up a little bit more and get louder as you bring them back to neutral. And the loud people can kind of calm down and relax so that they can hear you better. You also can learn how to match your voice to theirs through... And um, one, you know, if they're speaking high or low pitched, you can meet them there. You can pay attention to the types of words that they speak. And let's just say their, gramma- their grammar. If you, if you talk kind of uh, high and I don't know the nice word to say, <laughs> um, if you just get fancy about the kind of language that you speak, but your client does not, you know, doesn't find themselves there, it, it's probably important for you to bring maybe some of those high intelligence words and those, you know, four or five syllable words and those, the things that you learned off of Wordly <laughs> or other, other places bring those down. Okay. Bring that down to a level that matches your client. But on the other end, if you're talking to them, like you're very casual and acting like you are acquaintances and you've known each other, you know, for a very long time and they are expecting you to be more professional, you need to up your game and and you need to go the opposite direction. Okay. So you need to be able to see where somebody is at and and go meet them there in order to create the connection and understanding that you want in your coaching relationship. This is why I suggest to everybody that you wait tables at some point in your life. This really helps you, (laughs) helps you do this. If you um, meet their level of emotion, so joy, excitement, um, stress and anxiety, grief, anger, help 
them, again, you can help moderate this by meeting them where they're at and helping to bring them back to neutral, but you have to go to where they are. Instead of saying, let's calm down a little bit. Why don't you try meeting them where they are in their anger or their stress or their sadness or their excitement and gradually practicing um, how to bring them back to neutral so that the two of you are on a more even playing field. So the other thing I'm going to (laughs) be serious about is um, people's accents. I used to be told as a waitress that every table that I would go to would say, you sound like you're from Texas or you sound like you're from California or you say (laughs) wherever. I was from Kansas City and had basically no accent in contrast to other parts of other regions of the country. But every person that I talked to, I would pick that up, that accent. So if I was at a table with six businessmen from Texas having dinner, then I would pick up their accent and start talking like them. And they would want to know what part of the state of Texas I was from. (laughs) So if I was talking to anybody from the Northeast or New York or Boston, I would pick up their accent. I've heard it said that musical people pick up accents really easily and may not even notice it. I have met people who are not musical who can still do it, but it does tend to happen with a lot of musical people that they're easily able to pick up an accent. You just need to be aware of this because you don't want anybody to be offended or feel that you're making fun of them. You can even bring it up if you notice that it happens often with you and just say, when I'm around you, I tend to pick up your accent. I really like your accent, so please know that I'm not trying to mock you by uh, emulating what I hear, but it's just, I it, do it naturally. I don't even recognize it. I hope it doesn't bother you. Please let me know if it does. You just don't want anybody, especially if they have a non-American accent, you don't want to be offensive. And you don't want anybody, because of differences of cultural beliefs and understanding, you don't want anybody to think that you're making fun or trying to act like them. So being upfront about it, if you notice that this is something that you do, is really important, I think, in a client relationship. The next thing, besides presence and speech, are the words that they're using. So we already talked about their level of like the grammar that they use. Don't be too casual when people are being expecting you to be professional and don't be too high and mighty with people who are thinking you need to come down (laughs) a little bit for me to understand what you're saying. That goes not just for their grammar, but kind of stories that you tell and the, the things that you say about yourself. Meet them where they're at and don't position yourself with the kinds of things that you say in a, in a place that m- would make them uncomfortable when you first get on the call and you're just I- exchanging two or three minutes of pleasantries. Don't talk about your trip to Paris last week if they are struggling financially. Uh, don't talk about your anniversary trip if they are recently divorced or widowed. Mirroring is all about being respectful of where your client is and helping them know that you're willing to come to where they are. You're willing to meet them in the middle. 
and then you walk with them to another place. So that, again, it's not about you. They're coming to you for them. Make sure that you're doing that in all manners of your client relationship. Going back to the words, use the words that they use. So yesterday I started to tell my husband, I feel like, and I realized, I stopped myself and I said, that is not a feeling. Like I don't feel things. I think things. These are very different things to me. I said, no, here's what it is. I think that. And I restated because I understood. Now, he feels before he thinks. I think before I ever feel, if I get to feeling. (laughs) So when you hear your client talking about, when they talk about, I feel like this happened and I I feel this way about it and I feel like I want to, then use that word, use the kinds of words and language that they use. If they say, I think that, and I know that, then mirror those words, okay? If you do this, then it helps them know that you are understanding what's coming from the inside, behind what they're saying. It helps a client believe that you know their heart, regardless of just the words that are coming out. If they continually use certain words, use them, certain lingo and language that you're unfamiliar with, then maybe practice using certain terms outside of your meetings so that you're more comfortable with using them while you're in the meeting. Now, what I would say is don't go so far that you put yourself in an awkward position. My son is 28. And he often would use the word sick, not meaning sickness. He would mean that something was awesome, (laughs) but he would use the word, that's sick. (laughs) If I have a younger client who says something is sick, and then I say that, they're going to laugh at me. (laughs) This is not going to build connection. This is going to put me in the negative. (laughs) So... Be careful that you're not trying to be inauthentic by meeting them where they're at in a way that really reveals the differences between the two of you instead of creating connection. (laughs) Um, You can probably get yourself into trouble there, especially if you don't even know what, what they're trying to mean when they use certain words. And don't be afraid of asking questions. You know, so that word, when you say that, what do you mean by that? I'm unclear. Is this a new way of using that word? I remember when I was a teenager, or I guess when I was in elementary school and I would come home and tell my mom something was cool, that was new to her because I was using it in the same way my son would say sick. And she would say, it's cold. And I would say, no, it's cool, mom. Like, it's good. It's neat. But we don't say neat anymore. And she's like, why can't you just say it's neat? Neat is so boring. It's cool. And she would make fun every time I would say it. (laughs) So anyway, let's just recap here. You want to build connection with your client. And in other relationships, this can be used everywhere by mirroring, which essentially just means matching their physical presence, their energy, 
match their energy. If they come in extremely excited, pick your energy up. Go meet them where they're at. If don't have, um, oh my gosh, it's such a great day when they get on the Zoom call and you can see that they're uh, disappointed or feeling a little bit hopeless about where they're going. Okay, don't come in. It's your responsibility as the coach to meet your client where they are. It's not the other way around. So one, you want to help with matching the presence physically and energetically. You want to match speech and speak at the same speed, tempo, volume, and sound of their voice. And then you also want to use words that they use and that language and grammar and and restate things to them come back around remind them of what they said it helps them believe that you have heard what they said and and helps explain okay what i heard you say is it's really helpful in building trust and helping them know that you're understanding them that they can trust you in the direction that you're going to take them because they know you know where they are. So if they want you to walk with them to point B, but they don't necessarily believe you understand where they are at point A, it's going to be really difficult to get them to want to take the steps to point B with you. Anyway, friend, I hope this is helpful. And I bless you to experience sun and light and hope today. (laughs) I hope that spring is coming in your life in more ways than one. I also have a few spots left open for the next couple of weeks of April. If you want some private coaching clarity sessions with me, go to sterlingandstonementoring.com and get scheduled there. Bless you. And just to end, I bless you, your calling and your coaching. And if you've loved any of this content, my favorite form of thanks is a written review over on Apple Podcasts. It'll only take you 30 seconds, and I would so appreciate it.